Welcome everyone to the very latest episode of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. It's season five. We're into our fifth year. Uh, very, very happy about that. Thank you very much to the the 5,000 of you or so that have stayed with us. It's fantastic. And we have got two fantastic uh, people to talk with me about this game to you. And let me introduce them. First of all, we have, as you would hope, we've got Ray. Ray, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. 5,000, more like 50,000 you know, <laughs> people followed Bolt from the Blue podcast to, to hear the dulcet tones of um, of all the commentators. And uh, can we call ourselves pundits? No, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> dedicated followers of, of Manchester City. But I'm, I'm doing I think, fine. I think I'm it amazing. ends in TS, Ray. I think it ends in TS, what we can call ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. And I, I, I was up in Thirsk yesterday at a festival and they were doing this well, something called welly wanging. <laughs> uh, well Sorry, can you spell that, please? Can you spell that for the listeners? I misheard that. Then. Welly, welly wanging, and basically, right, okay. basically uh, they're just such a tossers. That's it. Um, basically, <laughs> that's the other word for it is welly tossing. Um, but uh, that joke was made many, many times. Um, but I, t- I can't believe there's so many tossers in in Yorkshire. But anyway, I digress. I, di- I digress. But I'm I'm, do- I'm doing grand. I'm doing. Fantastic. Um, looking forward to what's going to be another fabulous season of uh, football from Manchester City and another fabulous season of Bolt from the Blue podcasts. Exactly. And also, as you may also have hoped, we've got Bernard. Bernard, how are you doing with all of your yeah. internet fame and all of your different accounts? I can't, I can't, I can't. You've heard my voice already. I can't, you can't keep me off, can you? That's a problem. I'll tell you what, if you had had to have a fitness test physically, I'm knackered, but I'd fail miserably. I wouldn't be turning out for Pep this season, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, my brain's still working, so looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, exciting times. Uh, Yeah, I was uh, obviously with the Community Shield. Everyone went on a bit of a downer after that. I don't know why, but uh, happy days are here again. So what a great season this is going to be, I'm sure of it. Yeah, well, guys, it was. A, uh, we're talking about the game against uh, West Ham United. They're probably one of our favourite um, sort of second clubs um, for a lot of City supporters. They're a good team. They've got a good support, and uh, it's always a tough game. But um, we'll talk. We'll talk about that in this pod, and we're going to. But I think, guys, I think we should probably start off with what I think is the one of the key uh, moments in the game. And that is when um, our new signing, Julian Alvarez, uh, got, re- <laughs> got revenge for cats everywhere. Ray, what do you think? Julian Alvarez. Uh, uh, Smacked Suma in the face guys. with the ball. Oh, uh, all right. All right. Now I get it. I'm, I'm trying to work out what you're talking about. That's the Kurt Zuma one, isn't it? When he got blasted in the face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a lot of commentary on social media uh, about that. And, uh, a lot of satisfied punters. I, I made no comment. I made no comment on, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm not in for cruelty to animals. I'm not in for cruelty to people. And if a fella gets blasted in the face, you might say that's his comeuppance and all that. But look, um, he's he's had his punishment, and uh, you know, I'm maybe I'm a bit of a uh, old sourpuss in my old age now. But um, you know, I'm, I move on. Sourpuss. Like, <laughs> you've got you've got the the, the keyword in it. Very politically correct there. Uh, Ray, what do you think, uh, Bernard? 
Well, I mean, I, I must admit, I was uh, whoever designed the RSPCA poster was uh, I was player of the player of the month, whatever it was. <laughs> that was quite funny. I mean, uh, the words didn't quite fit with the tune. That's the only thing I was disappointed, mate. But I, the, the you know the sentiment was absolutely spot on by the city fans that were there. That, that's for sure. But uh, no, no extra points for uh, it won't get any Eurovision. That's for sure. That's true. <laughs> but it was you know as a cat lover, I was very very gratified to see uh, Laporte put up a picture of him and his particular cat whenever he saw that. A bit of uh, mischief, <laughs> bit of mischief from the injured Laporte. Uh, well, so, but, have, have you, uh, so you, you're, you're very into Mrs. Uh, Slocum's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ray is now back, guys. The politically incorrect uh, stuff is uh, is all the way back. Oh, okay, look, I, I was, I've got to chuck this in. I know we talk football, but I was at a festival yesterday and uh, um, doing a, a, a performance there. Uh, with me bubbles, of course, and they handed me. Um, they said, Do "You want the the microphone?" Because they, uh, uh, they had a radio station there. They said, "Do you want the mic?" So, <laughs> so I started off with uh, some uh, I politically correct jokes, mate. You know, you know me. I'm a. I, I try and be a good good lad, but handed me a microphone um, unexpectedly. There's, there's you know, it's, it's a lot of fun was had with that mic. Let's say. Uh, and I think they were a bit more cautious the second time when we were doing another, another performance. So um, it's always good to have a laugh, though, isn't it? Well, what could possibly go wrong? But um, <laughs> anyway, guys, um, just before we uh, talk a little bit about the lineup, so let's go over to Bernard and just a very brief chat, uh, Bernard, about the uh, transfers in and transfers out. We've lost the services of uh, Zinchenko and Sterling and, uh, and uh, obviously Gabriel Jesus and the, the you know Jesus in particular has been being great um, for his new team. Um, are we weakened at all? Well, it's interesting, that, isn't it? I mean, obviously, when when the season finished, I was quite looking forward to to having Kukurella coming as cover on the left hand side and keeping Zinchenko. But obviously, at this point in time, uh, we're down to the bare bones. I think we're all impressed with Wilson Esbrand, but I say I think Pep's not going to suddenly change what he does unless it is his last season. He decides to throw caution to the wind and start playing Wilson Esbrand as uh, in that position. But we don't need it. Apparently, we don't need fullbacks based on what we saw. Uh, Yesterday, with his new style, his new tactics, his inverted pairs all over the place. I mean, it was it was quite unique, wasn't it? But we can, as at this point in time, uh, you can't really say we can when you got someone like Ireland come to us, can you? You can't really say we can when Alvarez has come. But I do worry defensively. But hey, listen, if, if Ireland's going to do what he's doing at the moment and Alvarez can chip in as well when, Al- when Alvarez isn't going to be around which he's not let's be honest about it we get 30, 35 games out of him this season I'll be well chuffed at. I can't see him doing more than that um, then yeah uh, on the face of it I think we are slightly weak and we've still got three you know as Pep said two or three weeks left of the transfers of the uh, of the tra- before the transfer deadline but uh, I think we are slightly defensively but certainly not up top so will one compensate the other yeah, before I just bring uh, in uh, Ray in on the, this point, I, I would say that if Colin were here, obviously Colin's very, very busy with other things and he's uh, stepped down from City Matters and also BFTB, obviously with all his um, work commitments and everything, he would point out, Bernard, that it's Holland. Do you remember him correcting us on that? No, it's not, it's not Holland. It's not. <laughs> he said it himself. He said it himself. Um, it's Holland. 
he said so that's what that's what he said in that when he got presented because he asked him he said because i was i thought it was holland and he said no it's harland so if he's going to say it himself who are we to argue yeah i think probably you're right on that probably holland is exactly the way that you say it in in norway but he's quite happy with harland yeah um, exactly. okay okay so uh, ray what's what's your take on um on the incomings and the outgoings um if it was, if I had my way, I don't, I would have kept Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus, um, simply for the reason that it's a heck of a season. We've got the World Cup coming up. Uh, some players, I mean, they won't, but technically they could play, you know, seventy odd games this season. Obviously, it won't happen because you won't have someone like Kevin De Bruyne playing in the early rounds of the Carabao Cup and uh, and, and, and other competitions. Um, but it's going to be a very taxing, demanding season. And if we're honest, we lost Torres last uh, January as well, not replaced. We've lost Torres, we lost Sterling, we lost Gabriel Jesus, three attackers to be replaced by Haaland and um, Alvarez. So I'm not too worried about that because I think we were pretty strong up top anyway. Uh, and then we lost Zinchenko from that left-back berth. Um, I would have liked Zinchenko to stay as backup and I would have liked Gabriel Jesus to stay as backup. Sterling, um, I've said it for t- two or three seasons now, he's not good enough. He's not... But no, let me get this right. He's good enough, but he's not consistent enough. He's not producing it often enough, uh, and he doesn't deserve to be uh, anywhere near the starting lineup for City. Um, no, I, I don't wish him any ill, um, you know, to his future. I hope he does all right at Chelsea. Uh, but you know, I've got suspicions that um, without being set up as much as he gets at City, he might not be uh, producing as well as he does at City. But you know, all good luck to him. I think Jesus will do well at Arsenal, uh, being the main man. Um, and as I said, getting Haaland and uh, Alvarez in and getting Phillips as well. Uh, I think we've got a stronger first team. There's no way uh, when you put uh, Erling Haaland in, your team gets weaker. So our first team is, I think, uh, much, much stronger. Um, but our backup, you know, if you think about it, we've, you know, we lost Fernandinho as well. So we lost five players, brought in three. I think we need another body. I'm not, you know, I, I, it's a it's a really t- tough one because you, we want to see kids coming through. We want to see the best talent coming through um, and local lads, city supporters and, and all that, one of our own. Um, but I don't think Ezra Brand's ready uh, yet. Um, you know, a few games in the in the Carabao Cup, maybe the FA Cup and uh, odd outing in the league is probably what I'd expect from him this season. And what I do want a, a, a left back. You know, we can turn around and say, well, Aki can play there and uh, Laporte can play there. Yes, they can play there, but they're not, in my opinion, going to be brilliant there. And we want someone who is brilliant, puts pressure on. Cancelo can now look at it and say, well, I've got no one pressing me for that left-back berth. You can take your eye off the ball, you know, a a little bit. So he needs pressure. And if there's someone pressing Cancelo for the left-back berth, then Cancelo, who can play right-back, will press... Walker for the right back berth, and I think that's crucial. Right now, each of those players has no pressure on them, and I think that's wrong. So I'd like to see us get somebody else in in the markets. Sixty million for Cucurella. You, for, in my opinion, you're paying about thirty million. That's what Chelsea paid thirty million extra on potential, and that's a lot to pay on, simply on potential. So uh, part of me is glad that we didn't go down that route, but we do need somebody. You know, there are. Strong rumours out there that we're looking at players, at, at younger players at a cheaper uh, level. I hope we get somebody. I, I just want that extra one, 
or two bodies through the door at full-back. We're going to have plenty at centre-back with Stones, Laporte, Ake, Diaz. That should be enough. Uh, and Rodri, if we're desperate, can play there as well. So um, I'm not... Um, I'm certainly not unhappy with the business we've done so far. I think that, but I just want that little bit extra, uh, and then I'll be a chuffed, chuffed to bits. Well, uh, Bernard uh, Ray mentioned uh, the those particular three, uh, but he forgot about Mr. Ortega, our substitute <laughs> uh, goalkeeper. And uh, I've watched a lot of him, uh, admittedly, on YouTube, and he's a, he's a, uh, an interesting player, and he can play a little bit uh, with his feet, a little bit like. Um, like Mr. Ederson, um, but uh, that's maybe not the, the 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 main point that I was going to ask you, Bernard. We always like to get the important stuff out of the way since we have dealt dealt with the cats and stuff like that. What did you think of the shirt, Bernard? And will it be added to your collection? Uh, it will. I'm, oh, I'll be absolutely hundred percent honest to say I won't be won't be paying seventy quid for it, but I'll have a version <laughs> of it. <laughs> uh, I think it's a cracking shirt. I love I love it. I think it's. I tell you what, you got three brilliant shirts this season. I mean, I'm sure some people say they don't like one one of the others, or some people don't like the diagonal red and black and stuff like that. But no, I think I think Puma have done the bit, haven't they, uh, guys? I think the. I think all three shirts this season are superb, and he got off to a winning start, so that's even better. And for me, it's a homage. I read the blurb on it about uh, I don't some some rubbish they were spat. To me, it's just a homage to the '99 kit, surely, and that's simple as that. There's no there's no fantastic French uh, French tropical forest theme or anything like that. It's it's simply a '99 homage for me. I like it. I like it very much. Bernard, can I just ask, instead of doing a homage, why don't you just copy that 99 shirt and have it pretty much in the 90s? <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's boring. That's boring. <laughs> it's not boring. It's, you know, it's getting the, the younger fans into the, basically to wear that same shirt. Because if you want that shirt now, yeah, you've got a, yeah. that 99 shirt. Yeah. Just got to buy it. Well, yeah, well, all right, ten years down the line, they can do one. But also, if you think about it, it's, it it makes Harlem feel at home as well, doesn't it? <laughs> was, his, was his daddy here then? Uh, no, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it after though. Can we talk about him leaving early though? I'm not very impressed with that. <laughs> let's uh, let's, uh, let's jump into the lineup. So we're going to go for City first. So we had Aderson, Walker, Diaz, Ake. No John Stones in there. Cancelo, uh, Gundogan, Rodri de Bruyne, Foden, Holland, Grealish. Our substitutes were Ortega, uh, Phillips, Stones, Alvarez, uh, Silva, Mares, uh, Palmer, Lewis, and Wilson Esbrand. I guess Ray, the only sort of uh, slight point of contention for some people was no Bernardo, and they were using that. A lot of people were using that to feed into this narrative. That Bar- no money Barcelona are going to stump up <laughs> seventy million for him, and it just makes me laugh out loud. They can't even get the players that they have signed registered. Yeah, it, look, it is it, it is crazy, isn't it? It is, is um, how they're going to get the, suddenly get this money to be able to uh, get uh, Bernardo over the line. Um, you got who's that fellow that went from Leeds, uh, Rafinha, and they the Leeds uh, owner said. Uh, we're not sure we we're even going to get the money that Barcelona promised us for it. it it's crazy, this. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, 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 it is crazy that Barcelona are, 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 are still rumoured. But there was there's people always trying to find a narrative. So the, the report I heard yesterday was that maybe there's a gentleman's agreement 
uh, that Bernardo can leave for the right price um, this summer. Oh, sorry, this this window, which is once again in my mind, it, that's crazy. I don't want that. Certainly don't want that to happen with Bernardo Silva. Um, oh, I want him to stay. I think losing any more first team play- or potential first team players. I mean, you know, even though I would say Sterling, Fernandinho, um, and uh, Jesus. Um, and Zach Steffen are, are, are not first-team players in, in my book, and Zinchenko as well. They'd been at City for a while, except uh, Zach Steffen. They'd been at City for, for years, and so they knew the place and they knew the the you know, the tactics and the, the setup and everything else. They were very comfortable at City. So losing them is 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 you know is still tough. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll, it was one of them. We're just gonna have to wait and see um, how things develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernard, what did you think of the lineup? And are you one of those to subscribe to the opinion that um, uh, maybe Jack Grealish uh, and Mares is a bit of a toss-up? I mean, has Grealish done enough to keep Mares out of the team, given the way that Mares finished off last season, and uh, maybe uh, Grealish's lack of uh, end product uh, in the same period? Yeah, I mean, I, when I picked the two, when I sort of picked my team for my little thing, I, I got. I got a. I was a bit surprised. Bernardo Gundogan came in for Bernardo, but obviously, I thought. I thought, why not have a bit of? Why not put Foden, Haaland, and, and Alvarez as the front three and drop both Grealish and Mares? And I just knew he wasn't going to drop both of them. I, knew, I thought one might go, and it was to me. To be honest, with you, at this point in time, you know me. I've always stuck up for Grealish. I stuck up for Grealish all last season. Uh, for me. Uh, there's not a lot between Mahrez and Grealish now as far as what they're doing on the pitch. Uh, uh, to me, the, the, the sort of ne- ne- sort of nearly men at the moment. They need to do a lot more, that's for sure. So that's why I wanted Alvarez in there. But obviously Pep wasn't, well, I don't say brave enough. He's got, he's got his tactics, hasn't he? But uh, yeah, I mean, Grealish and Mahrez at the moment for me, I'm, I'm having difficulty splitting them. And that's not necessarily in a positive way. And I don't want to be in a negative way either. Because I, I, I thought Grealish did some nice things yesterday. A couple of things didn't quite come off that almost came off and it's another like we can sell it's getting to the stage with Grealish where he's just that bit of a nearly man at the moment and it's nearly working it's nearly coming off that pass nearly works that that shot nearly works and that's what we're stuck with but just at this point in time but we're only one game in it's the first game it was the first game of the season so I'm not going to be too worried about it I was going to say I like your comment that uh, Mares and Grealish are nearly men I I really (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to pick up on that because they're good players. They're really yeah, good players. Yeah, but if you're at a 70% level at City, hey, that might be 90, 95% somewhere else. Yeah, but that's yeah. below the standard required. Then, you know, I'm, I'm hoping Grealish will produce this season. But, you know, I don't think they, Mahrez and Grealish, give that, give enough. And I like, you know, Alvarez, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping he shows enough in training to get a starting spot and show what he can do because what I don't want for him is that he's going to be, you know, considered second fiddle to Haaland, which actually push pushes Delap to third fiddle yeah. if he doesn't go out on loan. Um, yeah. But I want Alvarez to have that opportunity to to play out wide to get game time. And he might be, you know, um, a, a star when we were hoping he will be. But he, you know, he might, he actually might be the difference this season. I mean, we're going to get all, hopefully, early Haaland's goals. But, we want that extra creativity and the extra goal threat from out wide as well. So, yeah, I think the nearly men need to step up. 
You can't be a yeah. 70 or 75 percent, even at 80 percent at City. You've got to be in that 90, 95 percent zone, which the rest of the team are most of the time. Well, guys, let's uh, sorry. Uh, let, let's just uh, whisk through the uh, the West Ham lineup. They're, they're, they've always been a difficult team for us. We had Fabianski, Johnson, Kufal, Zuma, Aaron Cresswell, Fornals, Susek, Declan Rice, who I didn't expect to be with them. Um, with West Ham at this point, thought someone would spring for him. Lanzini, Bowen, who's dangerous, and to, and finally uh, Antonio, who wasn't didn't really look that fit and mobile to me. Anyway, the subs were Ariola, Randolph, Samaka, who played a part. Blasage Downs, Ben Rama, Coventry, Ashby, and someone called Okoflex, which sounds like some kind of northern <laughs> electronic retailer. It's morning that I got it off the shelf. I think that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, Bernard, um, how did you think that we opened up? Let's talk about this first half, shall we? Yeah, I thought we were... I mean, I know it was only like three or four minutes, but I thought it was a bit nervy, uh, a little bit nervy to kick off with. And I think uh, they had the best chance. Antonio had a, a really good chance, didn't he, after about three minutes. We had a couple of blocks that could have gone anywhere that we managed to get a block on. And then it fell to Antonio. And he had a pretty... Put, I mean, it was a pretty... I sort of summed up his game, really. Uh, say he was getting knocks and on the floor a lot as well. And he just headed over, didn't he? And I think he could have done a little bit better. And, and the early, early knockings were, were sort of West Ham. But once once we got into it, once we got past the five-minute mark, you know, <laughs> where we're under, under the cosh for five minutes, three or four minutes or five minutes, and it was all right. We sort of took control. I never, th- I never thought we were that overly comfortable in the first first uh, 20, 25 minutes. So it was sort of an offside goal, didn't we? And um, and we saw we got rid of the goalkeeper, so that wasn't too bad. That was another innocuous thing with Fabianski. I, I watched it back and I, I thought, well, it just looks as though he bumped his hip against the player. It didn't look anything really drastic. And I thought, oh, he's, he's just wasting time. But obviously it was something a little bit more serious. So he didn't fancy it. Perhaps Fabianski didn't fancy it. Yeah. Get that innocuous injury, get off the pitch. No. Yeah. If yeah. at that stage he knew that, you know, they're gonna be in the siege, yeah. you know, why why be the one to concede the goals and you know have this you little see, you can see it on his face for me, you can tell with goalkeepers. Edison's the sort of goalkeeper that'll get something like that and he'll get on with it. And Fabianski for me just didn't want it, just didn't fancy it. And I think a lot of the West Ham team yesterday didn't fancy it because I was very disappointed and I say based on what I saw yesterday, very early doors, first game of the season, but uh, there's no way they're gonna finish as high as they did last season. They're gonna struggle. Guys, let me just uh, point something out. If you're hearing explosions in the background here, um, there's actually a thunderstorm going on here in South Korea, and we're, we've got the flashing lightning, so uh, the thunder the thunder, and everything else, so you know this is going to be a great pod. Uh, uh, Ray, <laughs> Ray, before the uh, game started, West Ham introduced uh, the, one of their new signings. He didn't actually play. It's Maxwell Corney. What do you remember about him? And how much City fans love him? He's uh, he played for Leon, didn't he? And he, he scored a couple of goals against City. Um, he's a good little player, you know. Uh, well, what I certainly remember about him was uh, uh, you might you might think I've uh, you got a beaming bonnet, but um, Kyle Walker letting him go when Kyle Walker sole job was to mark him, you know, and looking the other way, and Maxwell Corner ends up uh, scoring a goal. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we we get right the Champions League or. That might have been in a, 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 a group game, but it was still very poor from uh, Kyle Walker. 
some some things you don't forget easily. Um, but he was a good player at, at Burnley last season. I think they paid seventeen and a half million for him. He scored seven or eight goals for Burnley, in, in a t- obviously in a team that went down, didn't score many goals, uh, and he was one of their better players last season. So I think actually I think I, I'm, I think West Ham are going to have a tough season because when you mm-hmm. look around, uh, I'm not as pessimistic as, as Burnley because I think they've got was it five or six new players and you know, two or three of them didn't play yesterday. Uh, I think they will be stronger. Uh, once, once they get into the season, um, but there's a lot of teams that are strengthened. You know, Arsenal are strong. Uh, obviously, Brighton. I'm sure we'll talk about them later. They, they did all right yesterday. Uh, teams have spent money. Uh, Newcastle will be uh, up there, not you know, in the top ten. So West Ham will 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 they'll do well, I think, to remain in the top eight. You know, uh, their fans might not be happy, but I think a top ten finish is. Uh, pretty decent, would be pretty decent this season, and it gives them that consistency. They might not be happy if they drop a couple of places, but I think it gives them consistency in that top ten, uh, which which you need. You can't be bouncing up and down, and and um, you know there's always that risk when you bounce down a little bit too far. You you know you take too many risks and you, you end up in trouble. So I think they'll be all right, but you know obviously uh, once again only time will tell. Well, Bernard. Um... Before the first goal, the the the, the statistic, the passing statistics were just ridiculous. I mean, it, it, it was it was absolute domination. And um, uh, just before the penalty, uh, people were wondering uh, uh, about uh, you know their first impressions about Haaland. Uh, what 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 uh, sort of opinion did you did you form of him in, in the first sort of thirty minutes or so? Yeah, well, based on the community shield last week as well. I mean, I thought obviously some of his, you know, you can tell and people have hinted at it and even Rooney's come out and and said after the community shield, you can just tell that this guy is going to get in the right place at the right time. And he he works hard. He knows he has to work hard for Pep anyway. So I thought, again, he was doing doing the right things. I don't think we're actually actually creating that much. KDB had a bit of an off day apart from the wonder thing we'll talk about later. There's obviously a bit later on the game when we got the second. His his sort of uh, sonar was totally out of out of whack so that sort of affected uh, the you know what what Harlan could do and of course we've we've uh, Grealish uh, jinking in and out and running in and out and passing it back it not a lot was happening really until that sort of uh, uh, Mr Fabianski's injury and it all sort of kicked off from there but you, you can see with Harlan he's right place right time gets his runs and no doubt we'll talk about that superb second goal as well but even that first goal which we're going to talk about in a second I assume uh, just, he just does, does the things you expect from a striker and we've not had that for a while Let's talk about the penalty uh, Ray obviously a beautiful little reverse pass by, by Gundogan but uh, what really impressed me was that burst of breathtaking acceleration uh, from Haaland. And, uh, you know, people don't give him credit too much for that. But for a big guy, he's incredibly fast, isn't he? Especially over a, the first sort of five to ten uh, yards, you would think. Oh, you just stole me thunder because that's what I was about to say. Um, that, you know, the comment commentators say that he is very quick over those first few metres. And it's a bit like I remember when Sergio Aguero was in his pomp. He's, he was explosive off the first, you know, five. Didn't he, say, didn't he say the other day, Ray, that he's, he's, he can't remember ever being caught offside or something like this? Because I, I, uh, 
I, I don't know that, Bernard. To be honest, yeah, I've been so busy. He actually, he actually stated he very, you know, he can't think of times when he's been caught offside because he just obviously, as you say, but you're going to talk, be talking there about his pace. And it, he actually uh, said it in an interview a few days ago. On, I think it might be the Manchester Evening News that he, he just, he just never, he's never really caught offside. I remember watching some Bundesliga games with, with when Haaland was playing uh, last season or the season before, and uh, I don't remember too much of him getting caught offside. Um, but that, obviously, that's a hallmark or a trait of a, of a really accomplished player, especially of a striker. That his his timing of his runs are so spot on. Um, obviously, getting caught offside does rely on good quality through balls as well. You know, if for instance, Haaland makes a great run, KDB delays by half a second, he's going to be offside. So you've got to have that. I won't say telepathy, but that you know that that link up play that really works, that understanding. Uh, and maybe he's very quick to get that understanding and and, and maybe players very quickly realise what he's going to do and they can feed him properly. So, um, But he's got all the, all, all the attributes, as, as a lot of people have said. I'm, you know, I'm not the first to say he's got that explosive pace. Like I said, Sergio Aguero, once you get two or three yards ahead of somebody, he's got that power and the strength. You know, he's not going to get let anybody uh, uh, shoulder charge him off the ball or get really close to him. Um, and we saw that, obviously, when we talk about the second goal, we saw that there, where once he's gone, he's gone. No one's easily going to catch him. You're going to have to be, you know, you're going to have to be able to really mortar to be able to catch him once he's gone. And then you're going to have the strength to be able to either knock him off the ball or challenge him effectively. So, um, you know, he's got, the, he's got everything, hasn't he? Six foot five. Um, so he's going to get a lot of opportunities in the air. Um, ahead of every, uh, you know defenders, uh, and he's got the power and the skill and you know decent control and the pace. You know what what's not to not to love and what what else can you ask for uh, from him? So yeah, um, you know you give him the right ball, he'll get past the you know uh, get the move on the defender, and that'll be enough. Do you well, think he? Do you think he won? The, do you think he actually uh, won that penalty? He saw it coming and won it, you know, deliberately, or, or you know, what do you think? Um, Ray? Was it uh, good? Good play by him tactically. Um, I haven't seen it too many times because I'm, I'm a highlight watcher with, with all my work, but I'm, I don't know whether he was going to get that ball. But he knew the no, goalie was coming I, out. I don't, I don't think he was, to be honest with yeah, you. Goalie was bringing him down. He knew that. And look, it's it's a, a trait or a tactic from almost everybody now. You, yeah. It is just get that ball before the uh, goalkeeper, and you know the goalkeeper's committed yeah. at that last second, at the last fraction of a second. You know the goalkeeper's committed, and it's very hard for them to pull their hands away. You just leave you at least one foot behind. That's all you need to do, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and you're going to get taken out. There's very few goalkeepers can come out like that, have the hands there, and then move the hands away at the last second. Um, and so whether it was cute or you know, he, he was well aware of what he was doing. Um, obviously, it was an easy penalty to give because the goalkeeper was was so late. And and maybe also his pace is deceptive. You know, yeah, over that yeah. first five or six yards, the goalie might have thought, "I've got a chance here." And at the last second, the goalie hasn't got a chance, and it was too late. So, um, you know, it was it was a good through ball, and I think we're going to see a lot of those through balls uh, this season. And he just. Finds a way. I remember telling a story to somebody a couple of weeks ago about play, uh, back at university playing a game of football. And we played a match uh, our team, and one of my mates' dad was playing. And he was in those days. I think he'd been on the books at Tranmere, but he played for their reserves or their second team. 
And he was probably 20 odd years older than everybody else. So he was probably you know, around 40 years old and he was the best player on the pitch. He always had time. And Haaland looks like, you know, obviously, so that so much better than um, other players. He just seems to have time and space. And that's not an accident. That's something, obviously, he looks for. He he, he works on it and he gets into those spaces fractionally uh, ahead of the, the defenders. So I just think we're going to see that time and time again this season. I just hope he stays fit. He plays at least 30 league games. I think if he plays 30 league games, I can't see him not scoring a ton of goals. I, I think he'll score the more more goals. If he can play 30 game league games in a season... He'll score more than Sergio Aguero did ever did in one season. Wow, that's a that's a big claim. But um, uh, Bernard, let's talk about the execution of, of the penalty. Once again, he's uh, very very good at opening up his body. Obviously, sent the keeper the ro- the, the the wrong way. Um, how comfortable uh, are you, uh, Bernard, about uh, Erling Haaland uh, maybe displacing people like Mares and Sterling <laughs> as our, our main penalty taker? I'm very comfortable, yes. I'm very comfortable in replacing Mares, uh, that's for sure. And if uh, Sterling and Jesus were still there, I'd be very even more comfortable replacing them two guys. But uh, I loved the way, I just loved the way once all the Ferrara had stopped, which wasn't that much of, obviously. And he just simply put the ball down. He didn't fanny about, he just put the ball on the spot. I like it, don't fanny about, guys. Just put the ball on the spot. And I thought, I thought it had gone wide. It was that far in the corner. I I thought it. I thought it gone wide of the post. It's only when it jumped up in the back of the net that I realised it was in the net. I just thought it put. It was that. It was that close to that. 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 Uh, you know, to the post. If you like, uh, I thought it put it wide. What a. What a fantastic! Even if he'd gone the right way, he was he was never going to get to that. That was a probably for a for a penalty that's hit along the floor. If you like, that was about as about as perfect as you can get. Absolutely brilliant and uh yes i can i can relax a little bit more now when we win penalties that's for sure uh, ray this promises very well for the future because you know if you think about it there was a heck of a lot of pressure on him obviously bigged up by everybody um even you know teams outside at man city talking about this guy wanting him to fail absolutely uh, and uh, he's got ice in his veins because i, I you know he really really uh, are we ray are we back to the days of of um you know those days when we didn't have to worry about penalties at all because we had uh, Balotelli and we had Yaya Toure and they never missed well i hope so because we'll see what different uh, what a big difference that makes you know th- there's the odd game where we miss a penalty which would could have resulted in a in a win or a draw or whatever or a more comfortable passage through a game you know, you're winning 1-0 you miss a penalty it, and that one nil stays for you know deep into the game, and obviously uh, you, you're leaving another team in it. So I just wanted to be in that. Yeah, you're right. I want him in that situation where you know Yaya Toure steps up, you can turn around and walk back to the centre spot. The rest of the team, because you know he's scoring. You want to be in that situation where you're not missing three or four goals a season, and um, and it doesn't sound much. And most of those goals you miss at the end of the day don't matter because you end up you know uh, winning winning games uh, comfortably anyway. But this. We always say goals change games. Goals change games. You got an early penalty, you score, you're forcing, as we did yesterday, another team to be more open. That gives space for someone like Haaland to get behind. Um, so you're changing the whole nature of the game. If if West Ham had taken one of their two early chances, or they weren't great chances, you know, half chances, whatever, 
that changes the nature of the game. So to be able to score from whenever you get a penalty, to know that you're going to score, going to give a lot of confidence to the team. We might even be looking for penalties a little bit more. Um, and he was, you know, his bang on right in the corner. Uh, and it's great because, like you say, Mike, a lot of people, fans of other teams, commentators and whatever, they want to see him fail. You know, uh, they know in their heart and their head, really, that the guy's going to be, should be a tremendous success but they want to see him fail because, uh, you know, they're, they're jealous opponents or, or whatever. Um, but it's good to see that he scored two goals early on. He scored those goals. You know, that takes the monkey off his back. That takes a bit of pressure off him because people were having a pop at him for the game against Liverpool last week. Um, he didn't do too. They said he didn't do too much and he, he you know, missed his uh, guilt edge chance. Even his father said, I wrote to him and said, how did you miss that? Um, so now he's got those two goals. Um, you know, I think there's going to be pressure on him all season. You know, there's pressure on him to score every single game. But I, you know, hopefully it'll take a little pressure off him for the next couple of games uh, because he's got two in the bag already. Um, but you know, he can't take anything for granted. You know, we look brilliant. But I, I will. I was just thinking earlier on today. I was just thinking. Remember Pep's first season? We won the first first ten games. We won the first ten games of, of, of when Pep was. When, when he came, was it six years ago? And, um, you know, people were saying, um, it's too easy, this. And then we struggled to get fourth that season. You know, it fell off a cliff. Um, you know, people, teams couldn't cope with Pep ta- Pep's tactics at that time. And then they could. So, you know, it's only one game in. So we can't get too carried away. Obviously, we could uh, go forward with a lot of optimism, a heck of a lot of optimism um, for what's to come this season. But, you know, uh, part of me wants to keep my feet firmly on the ground and not get too carried away. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic for what we can achieve this season. Well, Bernard penalty was struck in the 36th minute. We got five minutes um, additional time. And in that 10 minutes, um, not a lot of response from West Ham. But I did feel just in the last couple of minutes that they were maybe coming into it a little bit more. But they must have been very, very demoralised, Bernard and this is a this is a good team with with a, a decent manager. Um, what what were your thoughts on your kind of overall thoughts on that on that first half? Yeah, I think I think as I said, they started very very well West Ham. But I say I just think there was something slightly wrong as as Ray said there. They bought they got that lad Downs, is it as well in midfield? They bought him, haven't they? From some from one of the Swansea, was it? They got him in as well. So they're gonna have they're gonna take time to bed in. But I, I think players like Antonio, they just didn't seem as though they were quite ready. I think Ray said he looked a little bit unfit, and I totally agree with that. And uh, I think uh, Moyes needed just to get him in at half time and just just try and do something with him because I, I think say after that first five minutes uh, they didn't look as old you know they weren't even trying to close City down I don't think you know you you watched I watched that Fulham Liverpool game and, and the work they put in to close Liverpool down and, and West Ham as well as all they didn't want to do that too much you know they, they didn't want it I thought Rice was okay I thought Declan Rice played very very well but. We thoroughly deserved the one nil at half time, and it was quite funny. You know, just just before half time, uh, Cancelo got himself booked, didn't he? I think he was telling the linesman in no uncertain terms he needed to wear glasses. I think, and 
twenty or something like that. So that that was quite funny. That was that was a funny end to the end to the first half. But uh, yeah, they, they they could only perhaps get better in the second half, and I think they were. I think they were slightly better in the second half. But yeah, very disappointing for uh, David, the, the chosen one. I think to to see his guys. <laughs> but as I say, it's early days, obviously, for for West Ham, and they've got a bit of bedding in to do. So uh, um, not surprised if City knocked the ball about. We're bound to sort of get a chance or two and score a goal. So that's how it went. Yeah, possibly the best chance there, Ray, that they had was uh, a shot from Rice. It was laid back to him from Fornells, I think. He just skied it over. I just want to ask you, uh, Ray, about Rice, because I remember about three years ago, four four years ago maybe, uh, we were doing the pod with uh, Walter, and he really was a fan of Declan Rice and was hoping that City was going to sign him. I just couldn't see it, and I still can't see it. Is he a little bit overrated? Well, um, who am I to question some, you know, some top um, uh, football observers? You know, uh, um, he, he's he's got the backing, obviously, of, of the England manager, and a lot of top people really, really rate him highly. It, it's like I'll give you a comparison, Rodri. Before Rodri came, there was a lot of hoo-ha. He was quite young, um, and I remember the was it Garcia, the then uh, Spain manager. Uh, he said he can be better than Busquets. Who knows where his uh, ceiling is? Okay, and then we saw, I think, an underwhelming first season with uh, Rodri. But I always remember. Well, you can tell. I remember those comments from Garcia. Uh, uh, I remember those comments, and um, I said, "Well, I've got to give the guy a chance." And you know, there must be. That such an experienced uh, player and manager must know what he's talking about. And I think this is going to be the same with Rice. So many people are saying the right things about Declan Rice that, I, uh, you know, whether we see it or not, I think the guy is, you know, is a, is a top player. And, um, and we just got to go with what um, the professionals and how they see it. You know, West Ham would want 150 million to, to let him go. Uh, and they don't want to let him go. Um, so it's, there's got to be some of that. And teams are prepared. I think Chelsea would have been prepared to pay 80, 100 million quid for him. So there's, you know, better people than us can see something in him. Um, so he's got to have that. And he, usually he's got that composure, which I was quite surprised when he skied that. Um, mm. And as I said, goals change matches. Um, that was the opportunity um, for, for West Ham. To I would say yeah, I mean, that, that, that was the fifty-fourth uh, minute, guys. Oh, so yeah, he could have really put them back in it. Yeah, that'd have put them back in it. So it would have got them, I think, undeservedly back in the game. Um, and then who knows what can happen? That can really that could have really stirred them. Um, but look, we made a you know I was going to mention this later. We we did make a few silly errors in that game. Um, whether you put that down to complacency or not just being as sharp as we should have been. Um, I, I'm not so sure, but oh, Declan Rice is he's a top player, mate. I don't think we can um, really argue about that. Yeah, I, it's so important to be patient, isn't it, guys? Because uh, when 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 it comes to Rodri, I remember in Rodri's uh, first season, I sent a text to uh, Sid Lowe uh, because he obviously had seen a lot of him and he just said, be patient, be patient. But Ray... You were, I remember very, very clearly, you said that he's, he turned a corner like a, like like the Titanic, he was that slow. Mm. But he's obviously come on a bit, hasn't he? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, I kept saying that first season, one of his problems for me was 
we were so used to Fernandinho. We were so used to that top quality of Fernandinho. And we were comparing Rodri with Fernandinho, which is maybe a little bit unfair. I think Rodri was 22 at the time, 22, maybe 23. Um, and he needed, like we've seen with most players, he needs time to adapt to the Premier League, adapt to Pep systems and, and everything else and the players around him. Um, he had that. Yeah, he was slow, I thought. Uh, I also thought he didn't chase back hard enough. He was too quick to, you know, when he's lost the ball or, or the ball's been played around him, it was too quick not to bother chasing back. He was just half-hearted. He was far too often caught on the wrong side of the a midfielder or an attacker. And he ended up having to foul them and take a yellow card. And I, and I, I made that comparison with Fernandinho. Fernandinho very rarely was was in a position to get a yellow carded or he'd take four or five fouls before he got a yellow card. Rodri got it too easily. But we've seen that all change and he's so commanding. Uh, he, he can, you know, dictate play. He's that link between the defence and the midfield. I mean, actually, yesterday, I looked at his average position. He was, his average position was in our own half. He was like a third centre-back. Uh, or just in front of the two centre backs, and the, the full backs were uh, uh, their average position was ahead of Rodri. So you know he's he's brilliant in that side now, uh, and it like, like we said, give him time. He's, uh, two seasons later, he's fabulous, and would you know you wouldn't want to probably swap him with anybody in the world. Yeah, well, um, uh, Bernard, it, 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 I totally agree with what Ray said. Ray said, and um, he's obviously picked up um, a few things from. Uh, Fernandinho, I, I personally, I think he's he's a an absolute brute in, in midfield at the moment, and he's learned that little thing of giving the referee a smile. You know the way <laughs> Fernandinho used to charm the referees into well, not. He's a nice. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a good looking lad. I mean, I'm not I'm not giving anything away here, guys. I think he's a nice looking lad. So I mean, why, why would he antagonise referees anyway? Because he's you know he's not he's not a growler, is he? He's, you know he's a good looking lad. The refs will probably fall, give him a wink. The refs will fall for him, so that's no problem. You know what I've been impressed about Rodri as well. I, mean, I sort of I always force myself to try and watch him more than I normally do because I, I I've underestimated what he brings to the parties, what he brings to it all, and he is very 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 good. And I like the way now it's took a while, but he seems to be he's a big lad and he's always seemed to sort of shy away from doing the big lad things like getting involved in the box and stuff like this. And all of a sudden, certainly the last six months, certainly last season, you know, he has, he's got, has got more involved and used his height more, which was the last thing perhaps he caught up with as far as obviously getting the skills. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I just think, uh, yeah, why not? Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Is is a He's a good lad. Why not? Why not chat to the referees? There's a lot in it. There's a lot in that. You know, even some of the thugs, the thugs of this world, would sort of try and charm the ways into the refs and got away with loads of things. So certainly, Rodri can add that to his bow, string to his bow. You know, which, uh, as I said, at the moment, uh, very, very impressed indeed. He's very, very modest. He lives in a very modest apartment. He drive all of these players driving these sports supercars. You want to see um, Rodri's car? It's like a, it's like a Ryan. Uh, Robin Robin Ryan, is it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it I think it, it, it's like a mid a mid uh, a ten year old um, you know mid sized saloon. He's got he's got no airs and graces. He's the yeah, well, what, you haven't seen you haven't seen his driving, mate. That's probably why. Uh, he's <laughs> he's the anti Graham Souness, isn't he? Of um, De, uh, defensive midfielders, but um, uh, let's stick with you, Bernard, because um, 
Um, as you correctly mentioned, it was about 54 minutes that that incident we last talked about. Not a lot going on between then and the second city goal. And that this had people salivating. And I, I was very gratified by it because it wasn't just city supporters saying it. They're talking about this potential combination between uh, Kevin De Bruyne and um, and uh, Holland. And we saw it here. Um, that's telepathy. Um, but how has it been formed so quickly, Bernard? It's just brilliant. It didn't even look as though there was a gap, did they, mate? It didn't even look as though there was a gap to put the ball in. But that's just how good strikers and quality midfielders work. That's how it that's how it always works and has always worked. I mean, um I've not seen too much from behind the goal, just sort sort of space, but there just didn't seem to be any gap for Kevin to get that ball through. And uh, say for Harlan, Harlan give himself two or three yards on, on each of the two players, one to his left, one to his right. And his acceleration, which Ray Rainey talked about before, was un- unbelievable. And he just left them for bit dead over that first five, ten metres. Um my only quibble is I think I think the keeper was very poor on on obviously that far pole, so they made it nice and easy. But what a what a wonderful you know. So what if your striker sees a big gap, he'll stick it in it. Yeah, thank you very much. Two uh, 0 But yeah, I mean KD KDB as I said had had a quietish game. He wasn't quite working, and then all of a sudden you know that that's what that's why he's on the pitch. That's why he should you know he shouldn't be taken off in key games at certain times because he's capable of that even if he's having a. A bit of a nightmare. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant stuff. And as I say, the, already we can see the sort of mind meld between the two of them. So it's great to see. Yeah, the Vulcan mind meld. That's what we love to see. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put Ray on the spot and say, Ray, would uh, Raheem Sterling or Gabriel Jesus have scored that goal? Um, Sterling, no, because it, it, it was on his left foot. Um, if it was on Sterling's right foot, I'd give Sterling a chance, but I'd say 50-50 because Sterling would have would have wanted an extra touch. Yeah. I think um, Haaland, he was he didn't even touch it. I don't think to control it or anything. He just ran around the ball, opened his body up, um, saw the gap. Even if the goalkeeper had a, a lesser of a gap, I think Haaland would have just curled it around him. Um, and I think also the goalie was probably concerned about giving the penalty away and didn't want to dive in. And was worried that Harlan might go around him, and, and and you know basically he was caught in two minds or three minds, and by the time Harlan shot the goal, he had, uh, was in no position to make a save. Um, Jesus, I, I don't think Jesus scores that. I think Jesus would have tried to go around the keeper, and I think that that to me shows the versatility of Harlan. He could have, like the uh, penalty, gone round the keeper. He could have bent it round the keeper. In this case, he didn't have to bend it that much. If the keeper had been a bit closer, I think he would have dinked it over the keeper. So, um, you know, and I, I just don't see Sterling and, and Jesus doing that sort of thing c- consistently enough. Um, as I said, I think maybe Jesus might do better now he's going to play regularly. He's going to be the main man. He's going. He knows he's the main man as well. At City, he knew he was never the main man. He was always behind Aguero. Then we went to the false nine. So he was never given that confidence that he needs, he needs confidence to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the top dog um, here. Uh, he was always looking over his shoulder at City. No matter what, how many goals he scored, he knew he wasn't uh, first choice. So I, I, I think now, um, um, yeah, they don't score that goal hardly anybody does. Or they, they try to do it a different way. Give Haaland that chance, give him 10 chances like that, 
in exactly the same place, I think he scores at least nine of them. Mm-hmm. Sterling and Jesus, I think, you, uh, you know, I, th- I don't think I'm overestimating to say would have been really pleased if they scored four or five out of ten chances like that. And I think that's the difference. Let's bring in Bernard here. Bernard, there's a beautiful simplicity about that goal, the way that he opened up his body. I was very interested in a quote um, from Holland uh, that came after the game. If you remember the movie Four Weddings and, and a Funeral, Hugh Grant, at the height of his depression and misery, said, I want to be where other people are not. Now, after the game, Holland said about his technique, I try to strike the ball where the goalkeeper is not. Um, it's it's very very uh, simplistic, um, but beautifully. That, that, that wasn't around his swearing, was it? That wasn't any, <laughs> wasn't when he was swearing at the at the commentator. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got he, it's a he's very uncomplicated in his mind, which is a a stark contrast, Bernard, to Sterling, who seemed to be well, very very you're confused. You're talking chalk and cheese, aren't you? Talking a natural a natural striker, which is what Ireland is. You know, like Sergio. Sergio at his peak, and even when he wasn't quite at his peak, he still knew when to hit the ball. He knew whether to wait, he knew what to do with it. And Ireland's exactly the same. As as you say, uh, Ariola there, he, he sort of came to a certain part of that, that pitch. And Ireland decided, depending on what you just said there, Mike, uh, he sort of saw where the gap was. And, yeah, oh, you're going to leave me a gap, mate. I'll hit it now while, while that gap's there. I'm not going to mess about and take it another and try and run it round you. I'll hit it there. And that's the difference. That's different people like Sterling and, and Haaland. I mean, it's just a million miles away because Haaland has that natural ability. You know, sometimes a keeper will be very good and he'll be able to stop it. But you know, say Haaland just needs that split second to make that decision. That's what natural strikers do. And, and that's it. I think he sort of hit the nail on the head then. He, he, he looks for that, you know, when to do it. It depends, it depends whether, what you just said. I can't remember the exact wording of it, but absolutely spot on. Uh, you could just see that from how he, how he opened himself up. And he, he said he didn't mess about. He didn't, he didn't need an extra touch. He just knew as and when, when to hit it in the same way Sergio caught so many keepers off because he just hit it before they were ready. Um, and that's what Ireland did. Uh, Ray, do you think we've finally got someone who doesn't overthink things? Yeah, well, you guys have just, you know, uh, knocked it on the, the nail on the head. You know, he, he he hits that ball early. It's uncomplicated. There's a gap, big gap. I can score there. Why not? Let's do it. Um, you know, uh, and as I said, we saw the different elements where he, he went around the keeper. Right? Maybe, you know, he was looking for that penalty a little bit. But this one, nice and early. Goalkeepers are... You know, I'm sure Bernard would say this. They do, sometimes they can't get, they can't set themselves. They can't set themselves because um, um, he's hitting them early, uh, and that's it. he's he's catching them slightly off guard. Um, and a lot long may it continue. He he's just not. He wants to score, and he wants to score and hit them early because that 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 works. So whatever whatever he does, you know, uh, maybe we I'm, I'm worried that we big him up too much, but whatever he does. Is working and long may it continue. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I, I, it, it's uh, bothering me um, what I can sort of introduce to talk about during the rest of the game. But um, I certainly you just mentioned Mike. You just mentioned Edison because yeah. I know that that shot from Skimaka was it? Whatever he's called, yeah. the new guy. I mean, I know he's offside, but that save from Edison was excellent. I mean, a lot he gets a lot of bad press, Edison. We know he does. And to be honest with you, I was, you know, he's probably had a big 
bloody black eye. You probably couldn't see out of half of it or something. And God knows what it's like this morning. But I mean, well, you know, all the stick he got at the end of last season from so-called fans who are not fans. They're just uh, absolute. You know, they're not. They're just wad or I don't. I don't want to call them on this thing. Yeah. But you know that that was an excellent save. Uh, obviously, it didn't count because he was offside. But he didn't know that when he made the save. That that was an excellent save from from Edison. And that more or less, apart from a chance for Alvarez late on, which was blocked. I think. Uh, was pretty much it, apart from the five substitutes, which uh, is another thing I'd not really pop. I don't really think much of at the moment. Five subs, but uh, that's about it, I think. Uh, Ray and Mike, I don't think there was that much else. Well, there yeah, was a couple, there's a chance for Harlan to score his hat trick. Uh, oh, that trick straight after, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, straight yeah. after. Um, four or well, five we, minutes. You know, was, I think yeah. we, we did really. I think Gundogan, Gundogan's turn. Yeah. To leave the two uh, West Ham players for dead. It was like, wow, you know, I've got to see that again. Um, and then Grealish did well to get the cross in. And Haaland was disappointed that he, um, I think he should have done better. I think he should yeah, have done better yeah. with that. Um, but, hey, you know, <laughs> here's me complaining a little bit. The guy scored two goals, looks good. And I'm complaining he didn't get an hat-trick. Uh, I think he's disappointed <laughs> he didn't get a hat-trick. So, uh, that'll keep him fired up for next game. So yeah, it's 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 cracking news for us. Yeah, it, it was great. I just like to touch upon that point that Bernard made. Um, uh, there, you know, the 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 performances of of the the players who made the goals, Gundogan and De Bruyne, very understated, very very um, beautiful passes. And I I just loved that. Uh, I think it was like one minute into extra time, and. Uh, Alvarez absolutely mugged Declan Rice outside the box uh, before obviously hammering Zuma in the face, which a lot of cat lovers will love. But um, yeah, not too much else uh, to talk about uh, talk about there, guys, but a very, very, very comfortable win. Um, so what I would like to do as we sort of try to bring this pod to a conclusion, uh, before we do that, we're going to honour uh, Colin Savage by um, talking about some of the other results outside of this game. And obviously... I think the first one that we're going to talk about, Ray, is um, I really thought Brighton were had the better of Liverpool, and they were <laughs> luckily lucky to escape with a draw. Now, one of pull the them. comments, pull on, them, pull pull them, pull them. yeah, one of the comments that I really loved, um, Ray, was one uh, Twitter wag who said, "Can you imagine what uh, Haaland would do on a pitch that isn't dry?" <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I was I was tempted to do a, uh, a video the other day um, just on Klopp's comments about complaining about the dry pitch. You know, what 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 does he expect? Does he expect uh, Graham Potter to say to ring him up a couple of days, you know, a week or so <laughs> before the game and say, "Hey, Mister Klopp, Jurgen, how would you like us to you know to set the pitch up?" And I tell you what, would you like us to play with nine men as well? Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, play play some of the kids. Babe, get out of it. Um, it's an absolute joke, Klopp. You know, man, he is so graceless, so graceless. And even if Pep doesn't mean it at times, Pep praises the opposition for playing a good game when we lose or draw. He praises them. Klopp hasn't got the what's the right word, Mike? Uh, he, class, sophistication. Class, class is a good word. He hasn't got the class to appreciate publicly what the opposition have done. Liverpool deserve to lose that game. Okay, they didn't deserve anything from that game. Fulham were miles better, and Klopp should have come out and said, 
and said, maybe not as much as that, but it said Fulham deserved what they got from the game. They were excellent, blah, blah, blah. Not whinge about the pitch. And, you know, he can say, look, you know, after 20 interviews, sometimes you might say some of that's a little bit, mm, but um, no, come on, man. I have a little bit of uh, class about you. Um, you know, have a little bit of style uh, and, and just give the opposition the credit they deserve. Liverpool will be back, you know, it's just one of those things, they'll come back and I still think they'll push us close this season, but, you know, just for once, stop whinging, stop making stuff up and just give the other teams the credit they deserve, because Brighton played really well, uh, sorry, Fulham uh, played uh, re- really well, just give them that that praise. I think that was uh, Brighton, wasn't it? Um, no, that's, we're talking Fulham, Fulham against Liverpool, yeah. Brighton against United. Yeah, and sorry, even, I, beg your, I beg your pardon. Uh, Bernard, I don't know if I read this correctly, but you, you'll be able to uh, confirm it. Manchester United looking to sign Marco Arnautovic? That's, that's <laughs> got a, that, 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 that floored me, that. Uh, and apparently it's, it's, it's serious. What do you think, Bernard? Well, I think I think we're talking off air, but I mean, it's just it's just it's good for us, isn't it? We we enjoy it. I mean, you know, as a guy at work today, who's he doesn't go to the games, but he's a United fan. And last last month or so, obviously now, Mister Mister Ten Hags in or whatever he's called, and it, you know, I'm optimistic for this season. And they just it's just a comedy of errors year in year out, and we love it. We have to love it because it's so badly run, so poorly run. I mean, you come in today, oh, it's Pep's last year in sitting. Oh, it all. I said, yeah, I said, I'm, I'm sure with our guys behind behind Pep, uh, we, we'll, we'll have plans if he does go. We're not going to let it all go go to sea. Not like your bloody club have done it there they're just uh they're just unbelievable i mean it's just the way it's run that club the way it's the planning the 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 players they purchase they're not they're not learning anything they're not not learning anything year on year i just don't understand uh they're just happy to mull along take the money out of the club and just plough along and get the full houses and get the fans in and it's it's they're just a joke club. I mean Ray obviously I'll leave, I'll leave it to Ray to carry on with this because I know he loves to have, to have a chat about United, <laughs> but, but it, it's it, it's sad. It is sad for them, but so so good for us. I was so happy yeah. that it's sad. Well, I mean the long may it continue. Ray, what do you think, mate? Bernard, you sound like you you feel sorry for them. Don't. <laughs> no, no, I, do I love it. Do not feel sorry for United. Look, you're yeah, right. They're it. making the same it. mistakes as they've made before. People are coming out and making excuses for them they, and saying, oh, they haven't got all the players that Ten Hag needs and blah, blah, blah. They've got players who are not either not good enough or not putting it in. And that's been going on for far too long. Leonidovic created a lot. He scored 14 goals for Bologna last season. It's quite a, a decent return, but he's 33 years old. Haven't they been here before? Didn't they get Mr Cavani? They're a little bit too old. Didn't, didn't they get Falcao a, a while ago? And, you know, they, and, and Ronaldo... They're looking at the wrong kind of player. Yes, I heard a, a United fan ring up a radio station yesterday, uh, giving it some uh, and saying United are a big club. Why can't we sign the big players? You can't sign the big players because you're not in the Champions League. And from history and all that, you're a big club. But you're not a big club right now in the footballing scheme of things. You're not a club that's looking likely to win stuff. You're not, you know, and that's for the foreseeable. It's not or oh, we, we might be able to turn the corner in a year or two. I said this for the last two or three years. Whilst Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola are at Liverpool and Man City respectively, other teams will struggle to win anything, especially in Man United. Six, if they get a six this season, uh, um, that, I think that's a good return for them. I don't think they'll do that. 
um, because there's so much pressure from other teams that, like Newcastle uh, and others who spend the money and are going to be pushing hard. They keep making the same mistakes, buying players who have not who are chasing the money. You know, if if Frankie Frankie De Jong doesn't want to go to Man United, if he ends up there, it'll be because eventually the money will tell. He wants to go somewhere else. They're buying the wrong kind of player. Um, it, it's just crazy, you know. Uh, and Liverpool, and you just got to look at Liverpool and City. They do good business. Chelsea spend a lot of money, but they're spending money on players that other teams actually want, really, really want. And um, I think that they've got a chance to to hit back this season. I don't think they'll challenge for the title, but I think they they probably can get a, a reasonably comfortable top four spot. But United, hey, long may this continue. You know, the and and the problem is they spent a lot of money. It's not as if the Glazers haven't. Um, sanctioned the spending of million, hundreds of millions of pounds. They've spent the money. It's been on average players, wrong players, wrong attitude. You know, they still haven't got a structure worked out. And they're just hanging on to players who, have, who are, I think, still decent players who've got potential, like Rashford. Rashford should have gone. They should, they've got to move on because I don't think they'll turn some players around. Um, Martial and Rashford and whatever. They just need to, you know, get rid of a few more, get some proper players in. But like I say, you know, the long the longer it goes on, the better it is for for us. Ten years since they won the league title, and I, I honestly think it could be ten years before they even challenge for it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernard, as as we finish up, um, I just wanted to ask you because I actually don't know this. When, um, when does the transfer window end? And also, and do, 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 uh, sorry, and just, Ray? Uh, sorry, one more time. Month, isn't it, Ray? I think end, end of the month. month. Yeah, and I just want to ask both of you guys if you expect a City to sign a left back, someone like Borna Sosa or some of these other names. What would Ray? you say? You reckon Pep's gonna gonna wing it again at left back? So, so I mean, you we, we, listen. I mean, we, we, were, we were on fumes last season, weren't we? Centre half problems. We, we know it, it only takes one or two. And miss, you know, and <laughs> it's all right saying he can play accurate uh, on the left, but you know, if Stones is injured and Laporte's injured, you know, who are you going to play in the middle, mate? It's not like Aki playing on the left. So it's just ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous. We seem to, and I say this every season under Pep. We seem to go into the season, and Pep is always seems to go in with just one one of his arms a slight. Tied behind his back, not quite because we're good enough to do it, but he always seems to as though we want to give the opposition a chance. He does it in certain games, we know that we know damn well. Big games for some reason, he wants to give them a chance in these big games and he won't play his best team and stuff like that. We know that we've seen that with Pep, but also if you look at City as a whole, we seem to go into these seasons always just, just missing that one or two things that would. Would probably give us a quadruple. You know, uh, we're not we're not going to do it. We're not going to win a treble this season if he doesn't strengthen that squad slightly. Because it, I say we're only two or three injuries. It's all right working with a small squad, which is what he said. But you know, uh, two or three injuries and we start to struggle. We start to panic, and he's not going to play the young lads. So I say unless there's a big change in what he does. So I just hope I just at least at least one player, if not two players, coming in certainly from a, a defensive point of view. Uh, say midfield and up top we're fine no problem but yeah whether Ray agrees I just, I just it does worry me it does, not, don't worry me because I know we'll have a good season whatever happens but it, again we're just giving other teams a chance and we're, we're knocking the chances of us doing uh, you know a, a double or a treble including the Champions League if we don't do it and that'll be the disappointing thing for me again that we, we've missed out I Ray, what's, of, your, what's your rate what's your read on that well I kind of agree with what Bernard said you know 
we are going through a period of time where we're the best team and we are going through a period where we may never, you know, have it so good ever again. Uh, and I said for many seasons, when you're thumping a team, we used to be Arsenal regularly 3-0. And I said, well, why do we stop at 3-0 or 2-0? Mm-hmm. You know, we should be battering them six and sevens because there'll come a time when, you know, they'll get better and we won't be as good and we won't be able to batter them. And we've taken so many batterings from other teams. We should hand a few out of our own. We're a great team now. We should be winning, you know, as much as possible. And a lot, you know, don't think I'm disrespectful and being greedy when you know we won league title four times in five years. But you know, when you're on top, you've got to make it count. It's like in a football game. You're on top, score your goal. Don't give others a chance. And it's saying, you know, we should have won a couple of Champions League by now. Um, I'm pretty sure most other City fans and outside City would would say we should have won a couple of Champions Leagues by now. Um, so, you know, I want at least one more body, one more defender, uh, um, you know, full back. Looking at central defence right now, well, um, Conch- uh, Con- not Conchello, it's um, Laporte's out for a little while. If we lost somebody else, hang on, are we back to bare bones again at centre back? You know, mm-hmm. and, and it can easily, easily happen. You know, we lost Laporte a couple of uh, three seasons ago for. Uh, most of the season, Liverpool lost Van Dijk for a lot of the season. And they're still crying about it two years later. Um, <laughs> so you know, it's a risk, and you know, Bernard's right. Is is Pep trying to make it harder for himself? Does he want to make it more of a challenge? Um, you know, you where you know, you're, you, it's like Usain Bolt saying to you know, in his in his pomp saying to uh, another runner, hey, "I tell you what, I give you ten meters start, you know, because mm. it makes it more of a challenge, makes it." You know, more of a result when I beat you. Well, I, I, you know, it's great winning the title on the last day of the season the way we did it. It's nerve wracking and everything else. But I tell you what, give me the Centurion season where we smashed everybody at the park and we won it by a, a at a canter. Give me that for a couple of seasons. I'll take that. I don't want that heart, those heart stopping moments uh, at, at games. Uh, you know, um, I don't mind having a season or two of processional victories and winning things so easily, winning everything, making it look easy. Um, you know, uh, that that would that would just would be nice uh, for, for the old ticker. But please, Pep, get get at least one more fullback in. Yeah, guys, I, I certainly agree, uh, agree with Ray there. Sometimes it feels like that Pep is a bit like Ronnie O'Sullivan when he plays those shots with his wrong his wrong hand just to just to showboat a little bit or or Prince Nassim uh, with his hands behind his back. But uh, listen, guys, I think we better uh, stop it now because um, we're we're all we're over the ninety minute mark. But let me tell you a few things that will be coming up this season. First of all, the Bolt from the Blue podcast is back. We will be with you, with Bernard, with Ray. We'll be with you all the way through the season. We haven't even begun to touch on what we really wanted to talk about tonight, which is all the off field stuff. But um, we're going to uh, try to fit in a pod to to deal with that. And uh, my ambition also this season is to bring to you the dual royal years. These guys are tired of, uh, of me talking about that, but we'll we'll do um, we'll do a, a series on that uh, this season. But we are here. We are your uh, we we are your friends. We we are going to be with you all the way through this season, and I'm very very gratified for it. So uh, let's just um, have some final thoughts from our two guys. So we'll start off with uh, Bernard. How are you feeling? And uh, when you look at the games coming up, you must be pretty confident because I think 
um, as a lot of people have said, they're 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 winnable games. Yeah, it'd be nice to uh, obviously this. Don't forget, this is part one of the season, isn't it? I, I wouldn't have minded two. I wouldn't mind two Premier Leagues this year. You know, I wouldn't have minded one before Christmas and one after just <laughs> for two titles and win them both. I thought that would have been that would have been a good fun to be honest with you. But hey, it's a bit late now. A bit late to do that. But uh, yeah, I'm. I was very optimistic before the Community Shield. Uh, I was dented just a little bit at the Community Shield, but I'm very optimistic again now, and I'm looking forward to a, a great season. And as we've just mentioned there, uh, I'll be a little bit happier if we don't lose a certain Bernardo when we do add one or two defenders. But, uh, yeah, other than, other than that, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a, a great season. I'm not, I'm not Mr... Glass half full, as you know, normally. But as I get older, I'm getting a bit more that way. You know, think of the positive, hope for the best, but expect the worst. But that's probably what being a City fan is, isn't it? So looking forward to it, guys, and enjoy enjoy tonight. It's great to be back. Okay, let's uh, bring in uh, Ray for his um, uh, final thoughts and comments. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got a nice August. Let's say we got Bournemouth at home on uh, on uh, on Saturday, uh, which. Yeah. I can't believe because they changed that. I had that down for Sunday. Oh dear! I'm, I just figured it out that I, I've got. A, I'm, I'm in Newmarket on Saturday. I'm going to miss the game, and I've kept the. I'm just think, talking out loud. I've kept. I kept the fourteenth free because I thought that'd be Harlan's home debut, and I've been turning all, a ton of work down. Uh, I'm going to have to go and have a look through some emails now because I'm just looking at the fixtures. But then we have got Newcastle the week after. I think that's going to be um, the toughest game we've got. Yeah. Uh, this month uh, we can get through that we've got Palace at home which I think will be tough but I think looking at so far we, we look more than com- competent enough to beat them and then we've got Forest uh, so we've got five you know potentially I mean I'm not going to say winnable games but you know five good games and then we've got a big one in September against uh, uh, Spurs at home so you know let's let's see how the month goes it's it's uh, intriguing I just want us to Get back to going out and, and putting out strong teams and going for for games, uh, especially in the cups, the cup games. I don't want us to be chucking anything. I want us to, um, and that's another reason to get one or two good players in the squad because uh, I want us to go full tilt at everything. You know, we've got to go all out. As I said earlier, we're we're the best team out the, out there at the moment. We've got one of the best teams we've ever had, best squads we've ever had. We've got to be trying to win everything. You know, and and I'm not saying that arrogantly. We that's got to be our aim to win everything because we've got the players, we've got the talent, we've got the squad, we've got the kids coming through, we've got the best manager in the world. Uh, you know, we, you've got to be optimistic for this season, um, and let's go out and do it. Well, thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate um, you guys sticking with us. Thank you very, very much. We we really enjoyed this. It's been very therapeutic, and we're excited about the season to come. So, guys, let's just finish off in the normal way by uh, wishing you all the best uh, this season and by uh, finishing off with that immortal line. Have one us, guys, and up the blues. Up those blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.